and welcome back to another episode of the Athlete Ready Global Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Saavedra. Man, it's episode 19 with my man, Coach Daniel Marshall. Coach Daniel is the head performance coach for the men's basketball team at Arizona State University. He has such a wild coaching history and story. I think you're going to be very, very intrigued by it. He's done a lot of things leading up to this point in his life. And if you are a young hooper or you are a parent of a young hooper or you're a performance coach working with youth basketball athletes, this is going to be an episode to listen to. He's going to kind of break down what he looks for, especially in incoming freshmen and how he progresses these athletes, these high school kids into young men. And I think it's important to note that it may not be what you think. It may not, it may be something different than what you've been told. And I think he's gonna just add a lot of value and kind of change your perception on it. I ask him some questions that I always get as a performance coach from, from, from parents especially, or youth basketball coaches. He's gonna answer a lot of those on this podcast. So make sure you tune in. If you have not subscribed, like, commented, shared this podcast, make sure you do. I wanna add as much value to you and your life as possible. Without further ado, let's start episode 19. How you doing, brother? You doing all right? Pretty good, man. Pretty Pretty good. Busy day? Uh, not too busy, actually. Um, my daughter had a field day, so I was there for most of the day and then got a, a late notification for a, a meeting. So, oh, okay, there you go. I mean, you got to be adaptable for what you do. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Absolutely. brother. Well, I'm glad you're, you're here and I appreciate your time and, you know, we'll, we'll get rocking. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. So for the people listening, there's going to be, you know, sport performance coaches, parents, youth athletes, for everybody kind of listening. Tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you got into the role that you're in in, in sport performance. Yeah, no problem. Um, so originally my, my background is in track and field. Um, I was a track and field athlete, a jumper at the University of Arizona back in uh, shoot, from 2003 to 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of gave me my my intro into all things sport performance. I, I jumped out under a phenomenal coach, Sheldon Blackberger, who's trained a bunch of All-Americans, national champions, Olympians, all that stuff. Um, so um, I wasn't a weight room guy when I got to college at all. Um, but my freshman year, I saw how it helped me improve. I went from a, a, a walk-on to a, uh, at the end of my freshman year, I finished fourth um, at the Pac-10 championships. So pretty, yeah, pretty like huge improvement. Uh, um, for a triple jump, I improved by four feet, which is like- Cause there's some jumpers over there in that, in that, in that conference. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, a four foot improvement in a year is like almost- That's un- crazy. Um, like I, I went from an unrecruited walk-on essentially to- uh, all, all jumpers, 19 and under, I was ranked number nine. Um, so huge improvement, but I saw like the biggest change was the two biggest, two big changes. One, I finally specialized all through high school. I played three sports, but two, I got my butt in the weight room and I like really attached like my goals to every rep that I did in there. Um, so that kind of gave me my intro to like sports performance. Um, 
afterwards, I got into coaching a little bit, doing more on the track and field side of things. Um, but once I got married, I moved overseas. Um, my wife played volleyball professionally. So three months after we were married, she had signed a, a contract to play in Italy and I had just finished up grad school. So went overseas with her and, uh, got bored, didn't have a whole lot to do. Um, at the same time, she was, uh, she wasn't too happy with the, the strength and conditioning that they were doing. It, it was very different from what she was used to coming from America, coming from the collegiate system here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of machine work, a lot of sitting, a lot of just kind of like socializing. And so she came to me actually and was like, Hey, I need you to put something together for me. Okay. Oh no. Like, I don't know what to do. She's like, no, you <laughs> it's like, you know how to develop jumpers, like volleyball, similar, just like put something together more for volleyball. So I thought about it for a little bit and I was like, all right, I, I guess I can put something together. So I put together like my first program and it was like looking back on it in hindsight, there was a lot that I didn't know, but uh-huh. I just did it. Um, and a couple of the other athletes that had been to universities in, in, in America, like saw it and liked some of it. Um, so I just thought like, Hey, there's a guy getting paid to do this. Like I need to, while I'm out here not doing anything, like let's, let's try to take this serious. So I bought the, the NSCA, uh, you know, the, the big textbook. There you go. First textbook in my life that I read cover to cover and outlined every chapter myself. And like, I really like started to enjoy it. Um, so from there, went back, like, once her contract was over, once I got home, took the test. By the grace of when, God. When you say home, where were you originally from? Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So back home. That's, man. Oh, yeah. What an opportunity. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you're good. So we, we go back to Phoenix. I take the test. I swear by the grace of God, I passed it. Because I, like I thought I was prepared, but as I'm going through the test, I'm just like, yo, I don't remember studying half. Of, like, is this the, the CSCS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't easy, man. And I was just like, man, I guess right on a lot. And so I'm like finishing up. I'm like, there's no way. And I don't know how it is now, but you know, back then you get your results right away. So I mm-hmm. turn it like, all right, they're gonna tell me I failed, and I'm gonna have to find something else to do because I'm not taking this test again. She comes back. Hey, you passed. I'm like what? Wow. Took it and like that exam. Now I understand a lot more because I've been in it so sure. long. But like, man, I swear that test was so hard for me back then. I, yeah. Um, so once I passed, I actually uh, I had got in contact with some people that worked at Athletes Performance. Then now it's Exos. Mm-hmm. Uh, applied for. Internship. Uh, who's this? Sorry, I'm getting the phone. No worries. All right. We're going to... There he is. You there? My bad. I tried to. All good. No, all good, man. All good. Um, but uh, where was I? Uh, you oh, got an internship with yeah. athletes' performance, so, which I I did as well. That's why I, our our journeys yeah. are pretty similar. But go ahead. So I ended up reaching out to them. Um, 
And I applied for the internship here in Phoenix. I actually got denied. So the first time that I applied for that internship, it was the summer internship. I got denied. I did not get it. Um, but there was a local uh, community center here, um, Salvation Army Croc Center, and they were just reopening. Like they had, had done a whole new upgrade to it, basically made it a whole new facility. And they were, uh, it was like a grand opening. They were hiring a bunch of people for a bunch of different positions. And I ended up being um, kind of over the weight room. Like they ended up hiring me to be over the weight room. Um, it was really cool experience. I got to like develop some of like the, the youth programs and different things. So like very unique thing that in my eyes, it, it ended up being a blessing that I did not get the internship that first time. Um, but me, I'm, I'm not the type to just like say no or like accept it. So mm -hmm. I applied once again for the fall. And this time I, I told them like, I'm open to go wherever. Um, so I applied to, to both of them. I don't get the Phoenix one, but in California, they're really interested in me. Um, so they're like, you know, we'll take you if you're this willing. Is in San Diego, right? Uh, no, this is actually in, uh, or Carson. It's Carson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, so right the outside home, San Diego. Yeah. At the, at the Home Depot center. Um, so I get the internship, I move out there. Um, they had, they had, it, it, it's almost like real world, like real world internships, mm -hmm. like the intern house and you're, you're living there with like six other people. Like mm -hmm. it's actually a really fun experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but day one, I walk in there and Derrick Rose is rolling out on the floor. And Man. I'm like, right? yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, I love basketball. I grew up watching, playing it. I'm like, yo, what? I'm like, all right, bet. Like, somehow, some way, I'm going to make it. Like, I'm going to make it into the NBA. Like, I'm going to get to the NBA somehow, some way. Like, that's all I needed to see. Yeah. Um, like, some of the other interns probably thought I was crazy, but I was older at the time, too. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think. 23 at the time most of the other interns were like 18 or not 18 like 20 21 um kind of young not really like super focused on getting a career but me I'm like I gotta go get it like I'm married my wife is still playing professionally but like her career is gonna end at some point like I gotta be ready to to step up so my like my mind automatically goes and there, there's a there's a uh track and field runner. He was a 400 meter runner that, that was going there. He went to USC. We actually competed at the same time. I knew him really well, Lionel, um, Lionel Larry. And I was like, yo, I don't know what the rest of these interns are, are on, but like, I'm going to find a way to, to, to pimp this into an NBA opportunity. Um, so basically I just go through the whole internship and I'm like, open to everything i'm um, like you know we had like shifts so i think my first shift was like uh it was like the early shift i think so like 5 30 to maybe 2 30 but i would like do 5 30 to 2 30 i'd go back to the internship house to eat or whatever and then i come right back and i'd be on the computer and i literally like i have a notebook somewhere that has like all of Ashley's tons of they wrote, hand wrote every single thing that they had, went through all their education modules. When I would get done doing that, then I would go for the evening shift. That's when um, 
the LA Galaxy, their their youth teams would come through. And uh, great coach, uh, JB, Jonathan, um, he would let me come out and help out with those guys. And so, like, all their youth teams, I would just be out there coaching. So um, really just, like, took full advantage of that opportunity and just, like, tried to coach as much as possible. And then even, like, when they would have, like, some of the football guys that would come in there, they would start picking my brain a little bit about sprint stuff. And like, you know, I would, I would like, I felt very comfortable in that area. So I would like disagree with stuff that they would say and actually be able to like kind of change their perspective on some different things that I felt that they kind of misconstrued or whatever. So I wasn't just like this intern that was like, yeah, whatever you say is right. Like Drinking I would, whatever Kool-Aid. Yeah. You had some knowledge, you had some expertise and experience, you know? Yeah, so we would like actually go back and forth on some of that stuff. Some of the stuff they would change my mind on, some of the stuff I would change their minds on. So um, just found a way to provide value, really. Um, you know, the other thing being in, in at Carson for Athletes Performance, that ended up being, or that was the, uh, the international headquarters for Athletes Performance. And so I got a chance to... Uh, to meet everybody that's over the international stuff. And with my wife being overseas, like I told them like, yo, I'm interested. Like I, I, I love traveling. I love being out of the country. So like, you know, if you guys got something for me, like let me know how, how to do it, man. We have such a similar story. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So like, look, the first thing is like just being interested. It's like actually not easy to find people that are willing to go. And I'm like, well, shoot, you, you found one right here. Uh -huh. you know? Wherever, I don't care. Um, so I go through that internship um, and I get to work with, again, like some amazing athletes. Like Derek Rose was there. A young, young, young Sloan Stevens was there. Um, you know, she's killing it. Oh, yeah. And it's now, um, she was probably like 16 at the time and she became Jeez. like one of the main athletes that I would work with. Like, um, she's just like a great personality. Um, and a number of other athletes that were really good. Uh, trying to think, like we, yeah, we we had a number of really good athletes that came through there. Um, but at the end of it, I was getting to like the final week and hadn't really found anything. And then I remember I was on the floor and somebody was like, "Hey, you got a phone call? Go to the office." I'm like, "What?" So I go to the office, and uh, it's like the the director of the international. Um, athletes performing like all their international stuff he's like hey man you ready like what are you talking about it's like i got something for you and i was like yeah shoot what is it like, i ain't got nothing uh -huh. right now. <laughs> i got nothing right now uh he's like man i'm if you if you're willing to i'm gonna send you to shanghai i said Whoa. china he's like yeah i said hell yeah let's go <laughs> let's go oh man I ended up signing a nine nine month contract um, to go to out to Shanghai and work with some of their uh, some of their Olympic hopefuls uh, in a number of different sports. And basically, we were preparing them for their national games, which is like the Olympics. So in China, I don't know if you know, in China, what they have is like every few years they have what's called the national games, where every province. It would be like our state's mm -hmm. state team for every single sport, and you compete for medal count. Um, so we were preparing all the Shanghai athletes, that was the province, for the, the national games. Okay. 
got to work with like sports that I had never even like, I didn't even realize they were sports. Um, I had all the shooting sports. So rifle, handgun, archery, all those sports. I had uh, the tumbling team, which was really cool to see. Um, I had the trampoline team, which back then I didn't even realize it was a, a sport at the time. Um, and then I also had the track and field throwers and, uh, I would help out, um, I would help out with the handball team, um, sometimes the soccer team, volleyball team, like whatever. Um, but again, it was just a great opportunity. Um, and so at the same time, I actually kind of rewind back to when I was in that internship, I had sent out to like every NBA team that I could find a contact on. I would send out an email or a LinkedIn message or something. Um, and actually the one person that responded was Nick, Nick Poppendick, who at the time was the assistant strength coach for the Chicago Bulls. Um, and he was like, hey man, I'm actually gonna be out there to check out Derek's progress in a, in a little bit. Let's, uh, let's sit down and chat whenever I get out there. So we did that and like hit it off pretty well. Um, he was kind of like you said, like he, he, he was glad to see that I wasn't just like sipping the Kool-Aid of like AP methodology, 100% uh -huh. Uh -huh. Own, my own um, ideas in, in terms of training. But I also kind of took the things that I, I really liked from there and kind of uh -huh. in with my training, but that he loved the, the fact that I had a track and field background. Um, so he really pushed for me to get, uh, they had a paid internship. Um, like it's like a seasonal one year internship. So he really pushed for me to get it. I got an interview with their head strength coach at the time. Um, and I ended up not getting the position, but stayed in contact with them throughout the whole time I was out there in China. Um, so coming towards the end of my time there in China, um, the head strength coach decided that he actually wanted to go back home to Wisconsin where he, he had some boys that were uh, in high school at the time, I think wrestling, just wanted to spend some more family time. Like he had been mm -hmm. with the, like the Michael Jordan years. So yes, uh, Eric Helen. Um, so he actually was, decided to go ahead and leave the Bulls. I guess the person that they had selected for the paid internship got a, a full-time position at a university. And so when all that stuff fell through, Nick was like, Hey, if you're still interested, we'll take you. I was like, and in all honesty, it, it wasn't an easy decision because like overseas there in China, like you get paid well, you get paid very well, especially for a first job. It's like 6,000 a month and you're out paid for man can stomach the the food yeah the food paid for um and even like after i left they like made the situation a lot better like the bulls really were not paying very much really? that, that's interesting it was a fraction of that um, six g's a month to start off as an entry-level position and strength conditioning is pretty that man that's solid yeah it's amazing um and then like with the bulls i wasn't making four figures a month <laughs> so um, it was not an easy decision in, in all honesty, but I just saw a big picture. Yeah, like, absolutely. On my resume, like you, you saw can, the long game. Yeah. So I ended up going there, um, had a, an amazing experience. 
um, connected, actually connected, somehow connected really well with, with Tom Thibodeau, who was our head uh, head coach at the time. Um, I worked with Nick Poppendick again, I said that. And then also uh, Matt Johnson, who was the assistant at the time. We became really close because he wouldn't travel. I didn't travel. So when the team was away, we would just get in the, the weight room and train together, talk shop, argue a lot. Like we mm-hmm. debate. <laughs> you you got to have those relationships, man. Yeah, Along the way, you have to. Everything. So um, like we both grew so much from, from each other, just being around each other so much. Um, and uh, like I said, like just having that Chicago Bulls logo on, on the resume, like it, it opens up some different opportunities. It does. Basically, long story short, after that, um, towards the end of that, I uh, get an opportunity to go to University of Rhode Island, which again, like- I remember that. I think that's when you and I first connected. You yeah. had gotten that, that position, yeah. So for me, it's like, gotta be willing to go anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, so like I moved around a lot growing up, so it's never like a, a hesitation. And I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not the best with geography. Like I know places pretty well, but like Rhode Island, I didn't know exactly. I knew it was Northeast, but I didn't know, like I couldn't pinpoint where it was on a map, mm-hmm. but I didn't. Um, and so that was the year, actually, that was my wife's final year um, that year in, in Chicago was her final year playing professionally. She was playing in Germany. Um, she retired after that. So she came to Chicago. It was about the, around the same time like that she got there. The Rhode Island stuff was starting to, to uh, get underway. I started to talk to them, got the position, accepted it. And then we just packed up a, a U-Haul, got our, actually, we, we packed up a U-Box, shipped mm-hmm. it over packed everything else up in the car and we just drove out to Rhode Island, uh, to Rhode Island. And like, we're coming up to the backwoods and she's just looking around like, where in the world do you, where are we going? (laughs) Where do you got me going? Just ended up to be like an amazing opportunity. Uh, I worked under Dan Hurley there, who's now at UConn, head coach of UConn. And, um, honestly, like an amazing coach to work for first. He's extremely tough. Um, you have to be on top of your stuff. You, you like, he demands excellence out of everybody. Um, and I said like so, some, some years were a lot rougher than others in terms of like trying to find my footing and everything. But it's like, you get to a point where like you realize, okay, this guy's going to be upset one way or the other. You got to be you every single day. Don't let anything change you. And like, if you mess up, just own up to it. Let them know, Hey, my bad take whatever comes from it, but move on. And that's the mm-hmm. thing that gave you the grace to like continue to grow. Um, and so year three and year four, um, best thing I'll say, like, you know, times have changed in college. The best thing there is the fact that I was able to really develop all of my players, like all the freshmen that I had when I first got there, I got to watch them graduate year four. Um, so that's special. Really, yeah, we really got to like progress guys year from year from year. And when we got to that third year, it like we saw it. Like guys were we we had some tough dudes. Um so year three and year four, we made NCAA tournament, won a game each of those years in the NCAA tournament. And uh from there, 
her, Coach Hurley moved on to UConn. At the same time, his brother actually had an opening here at ASU at Arizona State. And so um, <clears throat> there was a few job opportunities that came up before while I was at Rhode Island and I passed on them. And um, Dan kind of pulled me into his office for a few of them. It was like, you know, I thought that, you know, there was a chance that you might take this. Like, what are you looking for in this profession? I was like, honestly, I'm good where I'm at. I just want to, like, when the opportunity comes, I just want to be able to get closer to home. That's like all that really I'm looking for. Like, I'm not looking to hop around this place, that place. Like, that's not me at all. Um, so... His brother had the, the position. Or at least it was you, but now, I mean, now times have changed. You know, you have a family, different priorities. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, like th that position came open at ASU. And I was like, look, I'm not asking you to give me the job. I just want to get an interview. If it's a good fit, cool. If it's not, I understand. Like, I'm not looking to go into a, a bad fit situation. Mm -hmm. um, but got on a call with Bobby and, and we like hit it off pretty well right away. Um, he liked that there was some familiarity there. Like I, I, he does a lot of the same things that, that Dan does. They both worked together before. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, it was kind of an easy transition. Like it wasn't like a whole new thing for me, a whole new world. Um, and he, he liked that. So got the opportunity 2018. I came out here and here we are. There you go, man. That's, that's a that's a journey. It is. It is. It is. So it since is. you've been there since 2018, so you have again been able to see you know three or four years of of these athletes' development and growth over that time. Yes and no. It's so different now. I mean, with the like the transfer portal has really changed things now. Um, for me, when I get these guys, I'm looking at maybe a two year development, maybe three. It just depends, you know. Um, we, I, I've seen a lot more of guys that get unhappy with their situation and try to go find a better situation, which personally, I can't knock anybody for doing what they feel like they need to do. Um, it just changes my approach in terms of how I, I, I program and, and the different things that I do. Um, Knowing that you may not have them for the time period that you were hoping to. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So when you when you get a kid from just you know as as a senior in high school getting into to your program as a freshman or even someone that's just coming from a junior college that didn't have any strength conditioning experience before, what are some kind of the things that you're looking for uh, as far as you know if it's KPIs if it's you know with specific movement or you know different qualities what are some things that you that you look for in those first initial stages working with them. We'll, we'll go through an onboarding uh, process where obviously they'll go through their physicals with the doctors, um, make sure that there's no issues there. Mm -hmm. um, then once we get them, um, like the first thing I'm going to do is sit them down and just have a conversation with them. Um, I need to get a feel for, and, and this is one of the things that I learned from athletes performance or exos being there, you know, they, they sit down and they try to find that it factor with these athletes. Um, if I can get a feel for one, what your goals are, like, what do you want out of this? What are you looking for? Two, um, obviously, have you had any previous injuries? Is there anything nagging that maybe not be a major issue, but it's something that's recurring or, or, mm -hmm. um, and then also just like 
try to get an understanding of like what style of coaching has been successful for you. You know, you, we got kids coming from all over all kinds of different situations, scenarios. Some kids have done great with tough coaches that get into them like a lot. Other, other players that can make them shut down. So like kind of trying to learn what buttons you can and can't push to make them better. But at the end of the day, let it like try to get across to them. Like, Hey, I'm here to help you. At the end of the day, there's like nothing I want to do more than to help you succeed. Um, so that like, that's the first thing is just sit down and talk with them. Um, from there, um, we're going to go through uh, mobility checks where we're looking at ankle mobility. What type of dorsiflexion do you have? Um, at the hips, we're looking at internal and external rotation. Um, we're looking at extension and flexion, seeing if there's any restrictions there. Um, we're looking at T-spine rotation. We're going to go to the shoulder. We're going to see uh, kind of that shoulder arc, so internal rotation of the shoulder, external rotation of the shoulder. We're going to look at flexion of the shoulder. Um, with that, that's going to kind of give me an idea of like some exercises that are great for this individual, some exercises that are contraindicated. And then also it's going to let me know what mobility exercise we need to do. And then from that um, kind of initial, like what mobility exercise we, we need to do, it'll also show me if our mobility exercises are working when we go back and recheck. Um, we'll also get them on our force plate. Um, when we do that, uh, we have Hawking Dynamics. Um, we're looking at a number of different metrics, but we're gonna look at a hands on the hip counter movement jump. We're going to look at a squat jump, so no counter movement. Um, and then we're going to look at a right foot jump and a left foot jump just to see what type of imbalances they have individually as well as bilateral, like when they're doing a bilateral movement, um, see what type of, uh, is there a big difference between like their breaking rate of force development versus just regular rate of force development. Um, and all this is kind of going to help us make like an athlete profile, um, see, see what type of athlete they are. Um, and on top of that, we're going to do just our regular performance testing. So specifically with basketball, it's very similar to the NBA combine. So we're going to do an approach vert. Um, we're going to do a standing vert. We're going to do a three quarter court sprint, which is basically from the baseline all the way through the opposite free throw line. And then a lane agility which uh, kind of show us our, it's almost like the, the pro agility in, um, in the NFL, except it's the, the width of an NBA lane. That's um, all, that's all pre-programmed. Yes. Yes. Okay. All that will knock out before we do anything with the athletes. Absolutely. Um, so if we're kind of working backwards from that, so for a high school athlete, like what would your advice be um, going into, you know, having the expectations that you have for them uh, at least while you get your hands on them, what is some advice that you would give a high school hooper to be prepared for, for that kind of level of basketball and the preparation behind it? Yeah, I, I would say first, like first and foremost, man, like make sure mentally you're, you're prepared. Um, I think the biggest thing, like, obviously if you're coming to the collegiate level, you're, you're really good at the high school level. But um, I think these athletes don't really understand just how hard it is to impact a college game in any sport as a freshman. 
um, the average freshman is not having a huge impact, uh, especially at this level. Maybe at the lower levels. I mean, it's almost to the point where like we're barely recruiting high school players. You know, like you you have twelve hundred college kids in the transfer portal. Like this is the first year I've ever seen a transfer ranking come out. But it's like it, it's a real thing now. Like it is our school right now. We're, like we're depending on the service. We're either we either have the number three or number four transfer class. This is all talking about people that have played meaningful minutes at the collegiate level. Already, yeah. So, yeah, so, like, just understand first and foremost that, like, there's going to be some downs, and, like, you got to be able to, to mentally, like, get through that, find ways to continue to get better. Um, I think a, a lot of times these freshmen don't have the role that they want and then they let that put them in a space where they shut down. Like I try to preach to these guys, Hey, if you're not playing, let's not waste this year. Come in, see me, let's continue to work. Um, but from a physical standpoint, I mean, mobility gets uh, neglected far too much. I feel like at the, the high school level, I think there's too much of an emphasis at the high school level of, of chasing numbers. Um, so when you when you say that really quick, uh, I got to ask this question so people could really understand this. Have you ever asked, uh, you know, a youth athletes uh, performance coach or the basketball coach? Uh, hey, what is this kid's max on squats? No, I don't care. <laughs> don't care. Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah, I, I had to ask because I know. Yeah, I got to send this to a few people um, no. so they don't think I'm crazy. I promise you, whatever that max is, it's not going to be the same max when you get to college, unless you have a very strict high school coach. Like if you're not hitting certain depths, most college coaches aren't going to accept it anyway. So if you come in and you have a 450 pound squat, honestly, I don't care at all. Like I treat every single athlete that comes through my door as if they've never touched a weight before in their life and they have to earn the next step. Like it may take two weeks that you show me, Hey, yeah, now you, you've trained before I see it. You're good. Let's get you integrated with these other guys. It may take two years. Like, I don't care how long it takes, but we're not going to rush that process. Um, and that's where it's been like kind of tough with me. Like I've really had to change like some of my programming and, and exercise selection because again, like I don't really have two years with some of these guys. Like I can't, I can't spend two years getting you to get to a perfect squat depth and all that stuff or, or two years to make your, your hand cleans where you have the mobility to catch into a full catch position. So I've gone away from doing like a lot of catches. Like, you know, honestly, it'll be like, like if a guy comes to me and it's their, their first time transferring, well, now we have a little bit, like now there's a little bit, better chance that you're going to be here for a while because if you transfer a second time now you have to sit for a year so like now i might make it to more of a developmental but the other guys were like i've gone to a lot more trap bar deadlift because the just the, the time to teach it, it is a lot less we've done a lot more hat fill squats where it's hand supported you can get that depth and then once you don't need the hands anymore, now you can drive out a little bit more. This year, I've even like started to use a lot more belt squat. Um, 
just because I can load it up a lot quicker without having to take the time. And it's not that I don't want to coach it. It's just that I need to have impact as fast as I can, because I don't know, like I might have you for a year. I might have you for three. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I see that I'm going to have you for longer, then we kind of go back to some of these. Adjust it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Like, you know, we get through our first season. Now I have a, a off season and I get you in April yeah, we can take some time and teach a little bit more. Or once we get into season, if you're not playing as much, now we can teach a little bit more. Now we can develop you a little bit more. But that first summer, um, it's somewhere in between like development and uh, trying to get get a training effect. Yeah, absolutely. You just said it right there. So you're in season. How important is in season training for your program? I mean, how important is that? To yeah. You? To be honest, like it's extremely important. COVID has screwed it up tremendously though. Like, man, I'm knock on wood. I pray to God that we don't have those interruptions. You know, two years ago was by far the worst. This past year wasn't as bad, but it was still kind of bad. Um, And the reason being is, you know, what will happen or what the first year, what would happen is, man, somebody gets COVID and everybody's contact trace and you can't see anybody for 10 days. Like, and so that kills not just the training, but now what happens is you had games planned through that 10 days. So now those 10, those, it might've been three or four games planned within that 10 day span. Now those games are getting put into different places in the future. So like, like once we get into conference play, typically what we'll do is we'll have, uh, mandatory lift Monday, mandatory lift Tuesday. Um, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are practice days. Thursday is typically a game day. We'll have one day off in between, which it'll, it'll be like a skill day or something like that on a, a Friday. And then you have another game on Saturday. Um, so typically what I would do is Monday, Tuesday is lifts, two different styles of lift. Um, Monday is Usually, sometimes I'll do where Monday is a lower body lift. Like if we're in a strength phase, it's going to be our lower body lift. And then Tuesday will be upper body. Wednesday will be off, optional. I'll always open the weight room. Guys that want to get more, um, they'll come in. Then Thursday is a game day. All of our So you give them that 72 hours between their their lower body, that stress on the lower body to when they need to be prepared for game day. Our strength phases. When we're in a power phase, I get it closer. So either a day before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. two days before the game, we'll go lower body. Um, and then game day, we'll get grab our low minute guys or no minute guys, and they'll do a game day lift. Um, typically, like right before we go out onto the court. So um, like our game starts at seven. It'll be everybody has to be back at the arena by. I want to say five. And so that, that lift will be at five. Um, so those players that, that don't play or walk-ons or red shirts, whatever, they'll come in, lift at five. And then six o'clock, we're on the court starting our, our game warm-up. Um, then that off day, again, I'll, I'll treat it how, how guys went. I prefer that day in between to be a little bit more recovery in nature. I'm not really looking them again um if there's a player that gets minutes that really wants to come in and do something 
I'll try to encourage them to come in right after the game. If we're, if we're at home, um, I just think that's far better. And then you can use the next day. Like it's already been a high recovery. It's already been a high stress day. Let's go ahead and hit a quick lift, continue the stress. And then the next day be, be low stress. Um, and then we have a game again on Saturday and the same thing you would like, I, I, cause Sunday's typically going to be off and I don't want you to come in and try to list on that, that off day. Like this is literally the one day that you don't have basketball throughout the week. Like let's keep it as it recovers. Mm-hmm. Our, our athletic trainer go get in the pool cold tub whatever like treat this day for recovery so um and that's that's the perfect world and hopefully we get back to that a lot more um it's just been with covid and, and rescheduling games like you know this year it was typically like a game on monday game on thursday game on saturday and so then it's like we have one mandatory lift and then everything after that becomes kind of voluntary. And I'm like talking to guys, how do you feel? How do you like, how's things going? All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it is for me in season training it is definitely a must, you know, first year here, we did it two, two to three days a week. Um, second year, same thing up until COVID really okay. hit. Mm-hmm. And, third year it's been COVID fourth year it's been COVID so knock on wood I think we're, we're getting, getting out back of, to somewhat of what it was back in the day absolutely absolutely so hopefully that'll be uh we can get back to kind of that that traditional style of the, the two Monday Tuesday lifts and then optional things from there okay so my last question for you man before I let you go uh I guess you know we I asked for advice for athletes but what would you tell parents and anybody kind of supporting a youth athlete's journey in the physical like preparation of it? What is some advice you would give them? What are some, some tips to help their youth athletes succeed from the f- physical preparation standpoint? Yeah. I, it's funny. I like, I just parents, man, like in basketball, you, you got like circles, like people that are like a bunch of people that are around these players. And it's mm-hmm. a lot of people that have the, good intentions, but don't have the knowledge to find them the right people. Go find a qualified strength and conditioning coach. Don't like, like, this is going to sound bad, man, but like (laughs) a personal trainer, like there's a difference. There's just a a huge difference. Be like that guy or not to like downplay somebody, but like there's a difference between a personal trainer and a qualified strength and conditioning coach. Go find somebody with the CSCS certification. Go find somebody with the CSCCA certification. Um, trust those people. And I'm not saying that's the end all be all and those right. people are. Absolutely. But there's a little different knowledge that they will have that is going to help your student, your, your, your child, your athlete um, a little bit more. Like they're, they're not going to have the same approach, I would say. You know, it's, it's one thing when somebody's just working to get some money. It's another thing when somebody is working to get money, but is working for the best interest of the, the athlete. Um, you know, I, and the other thing is like, I had this uh, conversation with a friend on Instagram the other day. It's, um, she had posted something like, I'm going to go to the gym today, even though like, I really hate it. Like my body is killing me. I really just 
dread going. I said, hey, like, listen to that. Like, your body is telling you to chill. You're not doing something that is, like, conducive to long-term success. It's like, if, if you are hating it, if you're dreading it, just relax. Like, I tell our players this all the time, man. Like, I understand. Like, we, we got guys, like, we came off a bad season. Guys wanted to get straight to work and wanted to go like five hours a day where they're going to this trainer at this time. They're going to that trainer at this time. Then they're coming to me. Then they're going on the court with the coaches. I'm like, yo, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. I promise you not a single game is going to be won by what you do on April 3rd. You can do a whole lot more damage though. We're mm-hmm. going to up come June. There's some things that you can do that are quality work, but it doesn't need to be quantity work from now until June. Like we're going to give you the right stuff that you need that like just pump the brakes a little bit. So stop trying to get every, like you're not going to get it all in one day, all in one week, all in one month. Let the process take place. So you're saying pretty much uh, sometimes less is more. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, burnout is real. It is real. Burnout is real. I've seen a number of these athletes that get to college and they're already burnt out. And like, it's so hard to like undo that. Especially when stress is cumulative. It's not just physical. There's it's, it's cumulative from, from everything that, that we feel. And I, man, just be a parent, (laughs) just be a Mm -hmm. parent. Enjoy like your time with your kid. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. Like there's a lot of these college athletes like we had a lot of we lost a lot of college athletes this year to suicide and it's like just being pushed 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 to do things that they don't like to do they don't want to do like just relax and be like enjoy your child Mm -hmm. absolutely that's spot on my biggest thing like that's i couldn't get off here if i didn't touch on like Mm -hmm. the it's heartbreaking to read. There was a girl, I don't know if you saw her, a girl from um, Southern, young lady from Southern. She was a cheerleader. And she I went- I didn't see that one. She went to Instagram and posted her suicide letter on Instagram and then- Oh, man. Like, you just read the- How the, recent was that? I, I didn't hear about that one. I saw that this week. Man. As a coach, it's like, man, there's some times when I'm pushing this kid and I don't know, man, like even I got to chill sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like just put your arm around a kid and tell him you, you love them. But like, mm-hmm. especially as a parent, man, just make sure your kid is good. Make sure your kid is good. Sports is such a small, like small portion of their life. And like, like you said, all these stresses are are cumulative and you never know what could be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. So Spot on, man. We'll end on that. That's perfect. That is perfect. Well, Daniel, coach, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate your time. Uh, You've always been super helpful. It's just crazy how our journeys are very, very similar in in many ways. And I'm glad we connected. I don't know how we originally connected. My Uh, cousin. Oh, yeah. Tony Bills. Shout out to Tony. (laughs) Yeah. But, but, you know, but I, I, ah, yeah, it was Tony. I thought maybe it was Eric, my cousin. You know, Eric Chavez, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Eric, Small that's world, man. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. We'll be in touch for sure. And this episode will probably be out in a few weeks. So thanks again, man. Yeah, no problem. Take care. All right, brother.